Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I encourage, I plead, I beg of you to speak to your doctor and do so. That was Governor Eric Holcomb during the State of the State of Address where he begged people to get vaccinated. And if you say that's not the place for it, well, of course it's the place for it. It's the bully pulpit. If that's not the place for it, when he's got the most amount of Hoosiers watching him, then where's the bloody place for it? Don't deny that one. That is the place for it. I've made this argument a million times. The bully pulpit, that's where you go about telling people or saying to people, hey, I think you should do this. If it's the bully pulpit or if it's mandates, which one do you want? Now all of a sudden it comes like, like really clear, right? Like in the total view. The bully pulpit is exactly the place for these things. What I wish you would have gotten into was the understanding that the vaccine works on SARS-CoV-2. The vaccine works possibly on Delta. It doesn't work on Omicron at all. It doesn't work on Omicron. That's not even, that's not being angry. That's not being divisive. That's not denying science. That's just a fact. It's just a fact. Everybody you know is sick. All right, maybe you don't know people who are sick. I'm here to tell you that I know lots of people who are sick. And some people who are seriously sick and some people, the vast majority of which, they, they've got this, this crud. Is it a cold? Is it a flu? They, they, don't, they don't know. Are they getting tested? No. You'll hear it in my voice. <coughs> right there. I have this stupid, nonsensical, lingering cough, this tickle in the middle chest. Oh, Tony, that's cancer. Could everyone please not Dr. Google me? I'd greatly appreciate it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. An absolute pleasure. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. They do. They go right to the right to the Dr. Google. Oh, you got a tickle. You got a tickle in the throat. Well, the key there is you got the gout. You got the gout. And what you got to do is hang upside down like a bat and insert kale directly into your rectum you do that you do that tony and uh and uh, it doesn't do anything about your cough but dang is it funny i've had this before do i have this uh, uh, re- recurring no but i've had a cold before you guys have heard me lose my voice before have a little bit of a lingering thing before and it goes away but i will tell you during the christmas holiday i i did get sick i had a fever First time I've had a fever, I think, in eight years. First fever I've had. It was a day. And I got better. It took about a week for things to taste normal again. That's because I had head congestion. And it wasn't even so much the food, it was the cigars. And you know, for me, uh, sometimes more important than the food, depending, of course, on the cut of the steak. And then everything was fine. Oh, and nothing worse than when a cigar doesn't smell right, because everything becomes, it smells stale. There is no more unattractive scent um, uh, 
than than stale smoke. I was gonna tell a joke, and literally, did, I don't know if you heard me. I went, uh, uh. I self edited myself on the joke. That that's how inappropriate I thought it was gonna be. Funny, oh, wicked funny. But I thought it was gonna be inappropriate. So I'm like, now nah, I'll cut that out altogether. People are sick. My mother has a cold right now. She's got some body aches, but no fever. Head congestion, and then that went away. My wife, head congestion. Just a little bit feeling cruddy. You want to get into vaccine status? I'm not going to play that game because the vaccine status wouldn't matter because the vaccine wasn't built for this. And we don't know what this is because this could just be a cold or maybe it's some it's, it's a touch of flu or maybe it's Omicron. I don't know. And neither does anybody else. It's really, and for many people, a mystery because they're not going to get tested, mainly because they can't find the tests, but also because this is not something that you fear. Not fearing is key. The governor saying you should get vaccinated is not about fear. And I think some people are playing it wrong, and I don't think we should play it wrong. We should discuss it as it is, what it is that he said, what it is that the governor went over in this state of the state, and he did everything we said he was going to do. As Emily Ketterer put it in the Indianapolis Business Journal, Holcomb paints rosy economic picture in State of the State Address. Well, of course he did. Of course he did. That's exactly the thing that he does. Everything's fine because we, we've got jobs and because people are making investment. I like jobs and I like investment. I believe that is a very important part of a, of a governor. I believe that's actually more important than the social issues. Whoa, 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 don't go anywhere yet. I promise I will redeem. He talked about industries of the future. And we're also becoming a magnet for the industries of the future, such as hypersonics and microelectronics, cyber, solar, drones, quantum computing, advanced manufacturing, plant genetics. These are all good things and important things and valuable things. If Indiana can become silicon on the prairie, that's great. That's fantastic. We're, we're, we're all better off. Now, we shouldn't do it in, in lieu of manufacturing jobs because you've got to recognize that citizens have different desires, wants, and skill levels. Not everybody's going to code. You better have jobs for everybody. Because that manufacturing stuff that some people like to look down their nose on, that's still some pretty damn important stuff. And we should recognize it as such. He talked about eliminating the tax floor. We must eliminate the 30% business personal property tax floor on new equipment to instantly ensure Indiana is even more competitive with surrounding states. But, of course, he's not giving the totality. What about the used equipment? If the taxation still exists on the used equipment, that's unfair, too. How about we stop this idea of the taxation on equipment year after year after year after year? Put a cap on it, perhaps. End it after three years if you can't figure out how to go cold turkey like a rational person. So he's only got part of it there. Then... Of course, he's talking about the fact that if we have jobs, we got to fill the jobs. With more than 150,000 current job openings posted and a record number of new jobs coming, we need to ensure all Hoosier students and workers can and ultimately will fill them.
He's right. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt that that is absolutely correct. You want people graduating from Indiana-based universities, not specifically Indiana University, and then you want them staying. You want to keep people here. Well, I, you know, I make the argument, you've heard this before, that you need more than jobs. You need entertainment. You need people to be able to do things with the money they're making from that job. That's what makes it truly attractive. One of the things that, that Holcomb harped on was that we're growing. We brought in 20,000 new uh, Hoosiers uh, last year, and that's better than uh, Michigan, which lost people, and, and Illinois that lost people, and Ohio that lost people. Now, why Ohio lost people could be uh, a bunch of different things. They do have a Republican governor. But comparing yourself to Illinois and Michigan is insane. Talk about setting the bar super low. Let's compare ourselves to Tennessee, Florida, and Texas. Let's go fight. We're not just at that level. We're freaking above that level. Let's go crush a bitch. Let's go. I, I, I honestly, if you're going to cheerlead, man, get into it. But the, the governor also got into salaries for teachers. More than 85% of school corporations have raised teacher base salaries by an average of nearly $1,800 in the 2020-2021 school year. And 99% are expected to raise salaries in the current school year. Now, I have come around very much on, on teacher salaries. And I am very, very clear. I don't care if Indiana pays teachers more than any other state in the union. I'm willing to put the money in. I am absolutely willing to pay our teachers the very top, number one out of 50 states, if you promise me we'll fire the bad teachers. Now, you could say to me, Tony, how do you determine the bad teachers? And I'll say to you, oh, I think that's pretty easy. Hey, parents, who's the bad teacher in this school? Consensus will start you there. Complaints will start you there. Personnel records will start you there. Other teachers who can speak anonymously will start you there. And you'll find that it's white teachers and black teachers and men and women and gay and straight and Jewish and Christian and Muslim. You'll find that as you take a look at the demographics of a nation uh, or as a, of the state, it'll kind of fit those demographics. And OK, there you go. Don't tell me you don't know. Everybody knows that employee that sucks. Like for us, it's producer Ari. He's on his honeymoon uh, right now. Sam is sitting in. You're doing great work, Sam. You're, you're, you're staying out of the way, and you're making everybody happy, and we can't thank you enough for that. Much appreciated. Stay we out said of the you way were staying out of the way, Sam. Ruined it. He ruined it, I tell you. It's a good guy. Good guy. Glad that you're here, Sam. Thank you. So you, you, you see where I'm at. I don't mind paying teachers the most. I'm down with it. But if you're not going to ensure that we've got the best quality teachers... Only that we're paying teachers the most, that's valueless. As, as a business owner, and education's my business, right? You want me to pay more, it's my business. As a business owner, I don't think that's a smart return on investment. Until uh, the employees understand that some of them have to go, and the good ones can further rise, and will bring in even better ones, and push that competition to be the very best. Well, then, then it's, we're, we're not going to be making that investment. But all of this got panned by uh, the Democrats, the Indiana Democratic Party. Very strange group of people. If you take a look at their statements, one after another after another, 
talks about uh, our our huge surplus, five billion, five point two billion dollars, big surplus. And they made sure whether it was Shelly Yoder out of Bloomington, whether it was J.D. Ford out of Indianapolis, whether it was uh, Greg Taylor, Democratic leader uh, there uh, in Indianapolis, didn't matter. Didn't matter who it was. What you got was thank you, American Rescue Plan. You see, the reason we've got this bright forecast is because of the American Rescue Plan. The trillions of dollars the Biden administration put into uh, the, the economy. The trillions of dollars. Yes, I know you'll find Republicans who vote for these kinds of things. It doesn't make it right. No, no credit to the Republican Party. No credit to even uh, Governor Holcomb. It's only and exclusively about thanks to the American Rescue Plan. First of all, that's not true. You go back to Mitch Daniels and you see the opportunities that have been created in Indiana through smart planning, smart ideas, and smart economics. What is not smart is putting trillions of dollars into the economy, all based on debt, that therefore builds out inflation. And inflation, uh, look, we've got the numbers, we've been going over it. 7% 7% year over year? It's huge. Highest it's been since 1982. That's the American Rescue Plan. Thanks, Democratic Party of Indiana. Thanks for that insane inflation that has totally taken away my buying power and the raise that I got at work. You're the best. It's a super weird flex. It's, it's just strange. But not as strange as Governor Holcomb not talking about the social issues. He avoided them all. Your kids are in masks when masks don't stop COVID. Masks stop something, but they don't stop COVID. And by the way, you want to challenge me on this? I don't care who you are. I've got the data. It's clear and it's obvious. A mask stops something, but it stops droplets. It doesn't stop things that are aerosolized, considering the gaps that we have in masks in the civilian population. Therefore, it doesn't stop COVID. End of list. Stop arguing. Just accept it and take, take the masks off our kids. Critical race theory, social-emotional learning, the bigotry being pushed in schools. You should be opposed to that. But you certainly should be in favor of parents being able to speak out at their school board meetings and not be silenced. You should be opposed to the Department of Justice referring to parents as domestic terrorists. You should say so, Governor Holcomb, and you didn't. Normally, I'm there. I focus on the economics. I focus on the growth. I focus on the health of of, of the state. But right now, the state's not healthy. It isn't all about the money. It's not saying conservative parents should be allowed to speak. It's that parents should be allowed to have a say in their kids' education and that you support that. And you can say, well, I support it nonviolent and I support it in a calm way. You all say all those things, of course, but that you support it. You don't. And you shouldn't think that you're doing a good job when you avoid that. It's awful that you avoid that. It's wrong that you avoid that. It's wrong that you don't get involved. Well, Tony, he's just waiting for the right time. He's waiting for the right time, and then he'll get uh, involved. 
That is one heck of a way to give a guy a free pass and hedge your bet. I disagree with this idea. The Department of Justice has referred to parents as domestic terrorists. They have a domestic terrorism unit, and Lord only knows how that's going to be used against American citizens. And if you say to me it won't, I'll tell you they did it with the IRS under Barack Obama. You know it, I know it. We have the data. We have the information. We know how it happened with these Tea Party groups and the IRS. I don't care if you like the Tea Party group. Stopping them from getting a tax status was about silencing them. And it was about using the IRS as a cudgel against the American citizen. And the governor of Indiana has nothing to add on that subject? The state of the state is not that great. Because clearly the governor did not look at the whole of the state. Only the couple things that would make him look good. That's not enough. We expect more from elected leaders. I'm Tony Katz. This is going to be the question all over the social media feeds. I was talking about it earlier. Oh, wow. This is going to be the thing. I wonder, I wonder if I can play it. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today. This is President Trump talking about the vaccine, talking about the booster. Listen. Do you reconsider your push for it, or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed, and one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. But the fact is that I think the vaccine has saved tens of millions of people throughout the world. Uh, I have had absolutely no side effects. I've had it like other people have had it. Nothing special. First, I agree that the vaccine has saved people throughout the world. It has lessened symptoms. We've said so from the beginning. They're gutless because they won't say whether they've been vaccinated. Now, I'm in that camp. You get used as a political football. Who needs that crap? But the question before us is, is Donald Trump making a dig at Ron DeSantis? Is this a play into 2024? Going after Ron, the governor of Florida, calling him gutless. Oh, game freaking on. This is nuts. This is nuts. Because now, now, news cycle, this is it. This is all Ron DeSantis is going to get asked about for the next week, month, and year. Which means Ron has to punch back. Oh, holy cow. Holy cow. Was, was it Trump slamming DeSantis? Let me know on Twitter at Tony Katz. Oh, yeah. This is going to dominate. <laughs> at least for a day. This is Tony Katz today. Let's go bourbon available at Amazon.com. 
from my Eat, Drink, Smoke radio show, 70 stations across the country. It's our first book, The Bourbon Reader You've Always Needed. It's bourbon history. It's uh, the great names in bourbon. It is quotes. It is recipes. It's an easy read. It's fun. You'll have it right next to the bar. Let's go bourbon. It's available at Amazon.com. Perfect gift for Valentine's Day for him, for her. You know what? Get it for everybody, including the kids. Why not teach them young? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Am I going to get in trouble for that? I don't know what the what the ruling is. Uh, ah, we'll go with it. Uh, I, I only hope they'll assume that for the kids it's tongue-in-cheek. But for everybody else, buy Let's Go Bourbon at Amazon.com. Did I say hello, Tony Katz? Yeah, I did all that. The Arby's Diablo Dare. This is one of the big stories in America right now. Yes, 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 yes. Arby's has come out with their version of the spicy chicken sandwich, but you don't have to get it with chicken. Here's the the story. It's a limited time. I think it it, it runs now until like, like the beginning of February. You can get the Diablo Dare. Diablo is another word for the devil. You 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 can get the 13-hour smoked brisket or the crispy chicken. It comes with five sources of spice. You have the ghost pepper jack cheese. You got the fiery hot seasoning. You got to love the fiery hot seasoning. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. That's hot. And then, and then you got the fire-roasted jalapenos. It is served on a toasted red chipotle bun, and it comes with Diablo barbecue sauce. So the question is, will you eat this? Oh. Oh, you wimp. You wimp. Now, to help you out, they serve it with a vanilla snack-sized milkshake. It costs $5.99. And they're, they're hashtagging it, Arby's Diablo Dare. I- I'm telling you, Arby's should be a sponsor of this show. Like, Ar- look, My guilty pleasure food is Hardee's. Oh, do I love a Hardee's burger? But the other day, for whatever reason, I was in the mood. I was in the mood. You know, I, I, you know, I said I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't feeling great and... No, this was before that. Oh, this was before that. Waiting for one of my kids. Lord only knows what they were doing. And my wife and I, we just wanted a a quick snack. She was like, I want some waffle fries. All right, we'll go to Chick-fil-A. The line for Chick-fil-A was 9 million people long. And we looked at that and we said, F these people. Nothing. It's Chick-fil-A. It was the people in line who were ruining it for us. So so we, we, we turned around. We drove for a little bit. We saw Arby's. There's nobody. There's absolutely, positively, nobody, not a soul, at the Arby's. Completely, totally empty. It was was sad. It, It was sad that there was not a person... Who was there? I I was kind of stunned. You figure somebody would have stumbled upon the place. All right. So we are there uh, at 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 the uh, at the Arby's, the completely empty Arby's. Get a Jamocha shake because that's what they're known for, and curly fries. Also, I was hungry. I got chicken tenders. I found my new guilty pleasure food: chicken tenders dipped into the Jamocha shake. At Arby's, I 
Change approved. Fantastic. Like a dream. You know, too bad I lost the weight because it's all coming back now. Just nuts. So good. So now I'm like, I'm like into it. And they have the meats and, you know, I love that. The the idea of only offering it for a limited time, you know, scarcity is, is a big thing. Uh, challenging people on the heat that you want to, you know, uh, you know, get the, the social media marketing out of it. According to the chief marketing officer at Arby's, uh, this is not a sandwich for the faint of heart. Everyone in QSR says they have a spicy option, quick serve restaurants, QSR. But our research tells us that consumers are disappointed by fast food claims of spicy. We took that as a challenge by making sure all the different types of spicy, the hot, the numbing, and the lingering, are combined to make the Diablo Dare a true test of how much heat you can handle. Arby's is setting a new standard of spice. When we say it, we mean it. So I I just want to say for the record... I will not be eating this sandwich. I love myself too much. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I encourage others to eat this sandwich on my behalf. No, I don't want... Have you ever had ghost pepper cheese before? It's hot. It's unenjoyable. And I don't even want to know what they call Diablo barbecue sauce. That, That does not sound good at all. But people love it. People love this stuff. I was talking about what was going on with, with the state of the state and talking uh, about what's going on in, in the General Assembly. And of course, a tremendous amount of economic issues to discuss in terms of the growth of the state. And while we deal with these economic issues, there are other things making their way through the Indiana General Assembly. Guy Relford joins us right now. You know him as the gun guy from 93.1 FM WIBC 5 to 7 p.m. On Saturday's uh, Second Amendment Lawyer, the 2A Project, you can find that on Facebook, uh, the work that he does on the Second Amendment, lawful carry, I think that's what they're calling it, lawful carry, which sometimes referred to as constitutional carry, has just passed the House there in the General Assembly, but it was Republicans last year who scuttled the idea, will the Senate do that again. Will Senate Republicans scuttle the idea of constitutional carry? Guy Ralford joins us right now. Let's talk about what this legislation is, because uh, if, if you listen to the Indiana Democrats, this is wild and crazy, and and this is about just giving anybody a, a gun, and it's that kind of of bravado uh, talking point talk. What is this legislation? Well, what it is, Tony, is it simply says that if you're a law-abiding citizen. And, and you're in that class of persons that would pass the background check to get a license to carry anyway, you don't have to go through the bureaucratic process of, of proving your innocence and establishing your eligibility to exercise a constitutionally protected right. If you're a felon, uh, if you're yeah, someone who has a conviction for a crime of domestic violence, you're under a domestic violence order of protection, you've been adjudicated to be mentally ill, all those folks who are prohibited from carrying guns anyway um, would not be covered by lawful carry. It simply says law-abiding citizens don't have to beg the government for permission to exercise a constitutionally protected right, and that's why 21 states have already adopted uh, constitutional carry just as we're trying to do here. And so let's let's start first with this argument that this is some kind of radical position that gives everybody a a, a firearm uh, and and creates a more dangerous society. I know you've been doing this breakdowns on your show, the Gun Guy Show, five to seven p.m. there on WIBC, and 
the data doesn't bear out that fear-mongering. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, we don't have to discuss this in a vacuum. Like I say, there are 21 states who have adopted this. By the way, of those 21 states, none have said, ooh, this is a bad idea. We just turned the state into a wild west. We better reinstitute a licensing system. None, zero. Um, so we can go to those states. We can look at what their data are, both before and after instituting constitutional carry, and there's simply no valid argument based on, the, based on the, uh, the actual statistics and the numbers to say that constitutional carry increases violence. In fact, there's a very plausible argument, and there's some data to support this, that more law-abiding citizens having the capacity to defend themselves will actually deter crime, not increase it. Now let's get into where arguments exist amongst the Republicans, because this was a conversation last year. And and by the way, we should be clear that I'm with you. I think it's pretty strange that people talk about this as uh, somehow a problem and they have no, you know, no questions about eliminating restrictions on things that aren't constitutionally prescribed. Yet somehow this, which is constitutionally prescribed, needs a serious number of, of restrictions. It's a very strange positioning that they take and one that they fall flat on time and, and time again. But the Republicans didn't move this through last year. It got destroyed in committee. So you never know who voted for it and who voted against it, regardless of who was talking about it positively to the public. This gets through the House. I, I, I thought it was a, a pretty large uh, uh, chasm there in, in, in the House, in the General Assembly. I'm curious if there are any Democrats on board what are Senate Republicans telling you right now about lawful carry? Yeah, I mean, 64 to 29, Tony, was the count in the House. Um, I think it all depends on how much Senate Republicans are willing to stand up and be accountable for their position on the issue. If they want to be accountable, because invariably they go back to their constituents and back to their districts and campaign on the Second Amendment. Oh, yeah, I support uh, the Second Amendment. I support Hoosier gun rights. Uh, but then behind closed doors in secret caucus meetings where, to your point, no one knows how any particular senator uh, contributed to that discussion back behind closed doors. They kill it so that they don't have to be accountable. They kill it so that they don't have to be on a committee and vote yes or no, or when it makes its way to the Senate floor, actually vote on the floor where there's a public accountable vote that they have to be uh, responsible for back to their constituents. So that's what we're pushing for right now is simply give it a vote. Be transparent. Allow your constituents to judge your input on their behalf uh, based on the public record, which is what? Giving it a hearing, voting up or down, and being accountable. That's what we're asking for. And, and Senate Republicans got a lot of heat, and, and a lot of it generated right there on WIBC. They got a lot of heat uh, for this secret closed-door uh, process where uh, where they're killing things in caucus meetings with no accountability, and I think they're going to be really reluctant to do that this year. I, I think there's a lot of heat uh, on Senator Liz Brown, who's chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, if it gets assigned to the Judiciary Committee, uh, it's going to be up to her to give it a hearing, obviously with input from Senate leadership. I think she, she's up for re-election, and I think she's going to be very reluctant to do the same thing that she did last year, which is allow it to die in committee. Uh, so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. But to me, it's all about visibility, accountability, and transparency, and, and senators who like to campaign on the Second Amendment being accountable for their position in the Indiana Senate. If we get that, we get that transparency, we'll get it passed. So let's say you get it passed in the Senate. 
Now you've got Governor Holcomb, and honestly, I don't know where he is on on these subjects. You know, some people are saying even on on the social issues, he's just biding his time. He's waiting for the moment to to engage. I've heard this from Republicans, and I heard it uh, now uh, from Democrats. Where is he on lawful carry? Well, he's been lukewarm on it at best. When it came up in the debate last election, uh, where Donald Rainwater, in no small part, got a whole bunch of votes because he adamantly supported constitutional carry. When that question was posed to the governor, he said, well, I don't want to do anything that it might jeopardize our police officers. And that's all he said, even though there are no data whatsoever to support the idea that constitutional carry imperils police. Uh, and there are data. There, there are police shooting data out there that show us it doesn't do any such thing. But he's been lukewarm at best. But you know, if the if the scuttlebutt is in any way accurate that he's got uh, eyes on per, perhaps running for Senate, uh, I think he would be incredibly reluctant to veto constitutional carry and then try to survive a Republican primary uh, running for a Senate seat. I think that would be uh, death to a Republican campaign, and we're trying to not so subtly communicate that. He's not come out uh, and, and said specifically he opposes it, uh, but he's been very lukewarm. In fact, last time it came up, he said something along the lines of, well, I, I'm not so sure we need to change anything about our current system. Uh, but hey, all it takes is a majority in the Indiana General Assembly to override a veto. So if he wants to take that step and do something so anti-Second Amendment when he has political aspirations outside the governor's office and still get it passed into law because we can override a veto with a mere majority, I think that'd be politically dangerous, if not fatal to him, on future aspirations, and I'm hoping he realizes that. This Miguel Cardona story should not go away. Don't let it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you on on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. That's where you find me. That it seems very clear that the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, solicited the National School Board Association to write the letter to the Department of Justice saying, oh, these parents, they're so dangerous. And calling them domestic terrorists. The email, which was obtained through a public records request by a group called Parents Defending Education, it was shared with the, the New York Post. That's where I have the story. And it's the really the first piece that suggests that Cardona, who was the uh, education guy out of Connecticut, a real leftist. So uh, the letter which came from the, 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 this group uh, suggests that parents who object to mask mandates and the imposition of critical race theory in classrooms are engaging in, quote, a form of domestic terrorism, asking the administration to examine appropriate enforceable actions, uh, including uh, the Patriot Act. And the CEO of this group told officers of the group that he had been in talks over the last several weeks with White House staff. The FBI is like, we're going to take a long look at this. But it turns out that the Secretary of Education was actively engaged to get this letter written. Now, the spokespeople are like, oh, no, no, that's not how it happened. Ah, it kind of looks like that's how it happened. 
And while the National School Board Association is apologizing for the language in the letter, if your school board is still a member of this association, that's a problem. That's a red flag. That is just a, a, a major, major issue. But as we have been discussing, uh, you know, this whole idea of a domestic terrorism unit, I can't describe to you how much this is my fear. This is my fear that we are going to utilize the federal government against American citizens like they did with the, as, as I spoke about earlier, the IRS. This is going to get worse. This is dangerous stuff. This is un-American stuff. But what they say is, well, you're a threat to democracy. What? Because I, I, I say something you don't like? That's not a threat to democracy. That is democracy. The threat to democracy is saying some people aren't allowed to speak. That's the threat to democracy. That's the problem. Saying some people aren't allowed to speak, aren't allowed to have words. Labeling people as domestic terrorists and telling them they're not allowed to have a say in their kids' education. That's the threat to democracy. That's that's where we're at. That is the thing that scares me to absolutely, positively no end. And it's the thing that I'm just going to keep on fighting, guys. I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Sorry, not sorry. I don't know whatever other thing you want to put in there. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Twitter, Parlor, Instagram, Getter, at Tony Katz. That's, that's where I'm at. Come say hello. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.